0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Coronavirus Stories. My name's Adrian Goldberg. Today, the Swedish experiment. While most of its European neighbours have imposed civilian lockdowns of one sort or another, life in Sweden is carrying on pretty much as normal. Schools and businesses are still open, and while there are restrictions on large-scale public gatherings, a crowd of up to 50 people is legally okay. Okay. Bars and restaurants are still open, although customers are being advised to use table service. Sweden's public health agency has explained that it has the same aim as governments elsewhere, to slow down the spread of Covid-19, albeit using a rather different and more controversial method. The early results aren't too promising either. Yesterday, Sweden reported that its total death toll from coronavirus was 180 people, more than four times the number recorded by its neighbour, Norway, which is operating a more conventional kind of lockdown. To get the view of ordinary Swedes, I've been speaking to Danny in Stockholm, and first, Sara.
1: Hello, my name is Sara Lendon, and I am a librarian in Sweden. I live in a a rural, small town in the west of Sweden, and I have a, a family, I'm married to a Scottish man, and we have two kids together.
0: What has coronavirus meant to you and your family so far where you live?
1: Like in our daily life, it hasn't really changed much much at all. The schools are still open. At the moment, I'm keeping my youngest. She's seven. I'm keeping her at home because she's got asthma. But my oldest one, he's, he's in last year before high school. So he has to go to get his grades. But nothing has really changed all that much. At work, we have... Taken some precautions, cancelling some events and so on that the library usually hosts. But other than that, uh, not very much has happened at all.
0: Uh, My understanding is that public transport in Sweden is running normally.
1: Yeah. Where I live, I don't use public transport because it's in a rural community, but in the larger towns and so on, everything is running just as normal. I know that some train departures and so on has been cancelled and in Stockholm they have taken down the number of buses and subways and so on but uh, but they are running still and the effect that that got was that it just got really really crowded everywhere so I think it had the opposite effect to what they wanted.
0: And today's death toll in Sweden is 180 Sara which is significantly higher than your neighbor Norway for example, which has adopted a much stricter regime than you have are people in Sweden looking to Norway and thinking why aren't we having the same kind of lockdown in Sweden as they are in Norway
1: I would say that Sweden is quite polarized at the moment Swedish people are in general quite loyal to to the government and it seems like there is a, a great support for the measures that has been taken here or the lack of measures but there is also an increasing number of people, as far as I understand, that are looking towards Norway. And personally, I I would much rather be on the other side of the border right now. But Swedish people are loyal and they listen to the government, they listen to different agencies and uh, they have a great faith. In this.
0: do they that's very interesting in Britain we perhaps have a more cynical attitude towards towards government although you know we have now gone into kind of almost full lockdown mode really and and most people are observing that now.
1: Yes, I, 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 we have um, family in Middlesbrough area. They have uh, told us about the lockdown and it's actually having a large impact on their life. My husband's brother, he's having to live in a tent in the garden because one of their daughters is a high-risk uh, high group and he's a frontline worker. So they they are apart now for 12 weeks.
0: Wow, that's, that's hardcore, having to live in a tent to avoid putting his daughter at risk. Yeah. In Sweden, how much of the argument for the more relaxed attitude is driven by the desire to keep the economy going and how much is about a belief that this actually is no worse and possibly even better from a health point of view than going into lockdown?
1: I would say that it's mostly concerned with the economy because I think that Sweden is a quite developed welfare society and we are not used to having to really you know, we're not used to hardship and everyone has a decent living standard here. And I think that people are really afraid of that that is going to change. And I also think it's the fact that when the government says that they might have to close the schools, they also said that everyone was going to receive like a child-minding allowance if you had to stay home from work. And I think that they... Honestly, promise a little bit too much, and that's why they are so reluctant at closing the schools because I don't know if if the budget is there for the promises that they've made, and I think that that is like the economy is the driving factor for us not shutting Sweden down.
0: Yes, in the UK there was a a similar attitude at first, and I know in Sweden the government has never used the phrase herd immunity. But the approach is very similar to that adopted by the UK at the start. Herd immunity was used in the UK. The idea that if enough people get it, sadly, some people will die, but the rest of the general population will develop uh, an immunity. Even if the phrase hasn't been used, is, is the, the sense in Sweden that that is underlying this this policy?
1: Yeah. Our health agency, they were referring a lot to Britain, um, saying that we were following the same route as Britain. And up until the day when Britain changed, and then all of a sudden we were not going to follow Britain anymore. And they were actually using the phrase, not the government hasn't used the phrase herd immunity, but other people in the different health boards and agencies have used it. And I think it comes across quite clearly that that is what they are aiming for. I am very critical to it because I think it's reckless with human life and suffering. But I also think that they are estimating it on figures that are much lower than all other countries. I don't know why we are estimating so low. Sweden is only having half the number of people needing intensive care and being hospitalized to Norway. And that that discrepancy is really strange.
0: And Sweden, as I understand it, has a relatively low number of intensive care beds. So if coronavirus really does take hold, there may be question marks about the ability of the Swedish health service to cope.
1: Yeah, to start with now, we were in the bottom of the European Union when it comes to number of uh, in, in ICUs. We had just over five per 100,000, I think it was. It was in the very lower regions anyway. And I know that they've made massive efforts now in the Stockholm region. They have tried to double their places. They are thinking that they might be able to triple. like, But you can't do it really in the rest of Sweden because Sweden is so large. It's such a vast areas between towns and so on. So I really don't know what's going to happen once it starts you know, spreading outside of Stockholm.
0: I know that on Friday, the Swedish government reduced the maximum number of people who can get together in public down to 50 from 500 and encourage people to work at home, said that people who go to bars should have table service rather than standing around in large groups around the bar. But I have to just say, from a UK perspective, it still seems incredibly relaxed. Do you feel as though you are in some sense, guinea pigs, that you are part of some kind of experiment in coronavirus control?
1: I can only speak for myself and my family, and we definitely do feel that way. We've been using that phrase, guinea pigs, quite a lot. I'm starting to get really quite scared about the whole thing, because this is a virus that we know nothing about, and the only data we have is from China, I'm not doubting that it could be correct, but I just think that everything has been so developing so fast. So I I really think it's a very risky thing to be so relaxed about measures when you really don't know what you're letting loose.
2: My name is Dani Tifa from Sweden, Stockholm, basically. It's very, very tough for us, really, because we are in a a position where we are going a different way and uh, everybody seems to really care about their people and try to put them home and try to uh, put them away from the virus as much as possible. But in Sweden we see that they don't do the same with us basically. They uh, kind of just let us go anywhere we go we want. Almost like it is okay to get the virus kind of approach. I'm not a pro to say really which strategy is the best but from our perspective, or at least from my point of view and my family's point of view, is that we don't really feel like we are protected the same way as like Norway and Finland, as with their population. That we probably think of the economy more than the safety. And that's the at least that's the feeling that I have, personal feeling, you know, living in Sweden, have at the
0: moment. So your feeling then is that the more relaxed attitude that Sweden has is driven by the desire not to have a complete or near-complete economic shutdown like we have here in the UK at the moment.
2: Yeah, that's the reason why they don't really want to close everything. People have to go to work and only the people that really can work at home are the ones that should be working from home. So I don't really know. I don't really... I don't really feel really that they do take the people' safety as a prio uh,
0: more than the economy. What is it like at the moment in central Stockholm compared to a normal weekday?
2: Well, it's obviously less people, but it's not like in other countries. It's not like uh, the other European country where everybody has to stay home to try to kill this virus this way so that it doesn't go further here it's not actually it's the opposite even uh, the other day they were like asking the responsible people in the government or the experts working with the government if they should allow people to go on holidays here in sweden to go to skiing and and, and other things knowing that in italy that was the the, the big problem that that made the, the country go so bad well, the answer was, like, we should be fine going skiing with the rest of other people.
0: So you are allowed to go skiing
2: on holiday if you are Swedish? Yeah, I mean, we, we are allowed to do everything we want, really. There's no uh, restrictions whatsoever. It's just the uh, recommendations. But when it comes to, to skiing, it's OK, I mean.
0: The scale of deaths from coronavirus is considerably higher in Sweden than it is in Norway. Do people feel then that they are taking part in some kind of experiment in Sweden?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's the feeling. I I agree. The only thing here is that we're asking ourselves, are probably these people extremely smart that they know things that we don't? And nobody else knows in, in Europe. In this case, we should see the result very, very soon. I just I'm just afraid that it's going to go the same way as as other countries such as Italy and so on, which went out of control. The healthcare that we have here in Sweden is well, it it's not even able to cope with what we have today, so how will it cope with uh, a pandemic as big as the one that, ha- that Italy had. It's, uh, it wouldn't be possible really. So that's a big problem. And uh, if we are part of an experiment then
0: obviously it's uh, looking bad for us. That was Danny in Stockholm and before that you heard Sarah. Thank you very much indeed for listening to this episode of Coronavirus Stories and don't forget if you've got a coronavirus story to share with me do drop me an email to goldbergradio at gmail.com Do follow me on Twitter at Goldberg Radio. Most of all, stay safe.